Okay, good morning everybody. I, I will say that first of all, I personally have had the opportunity to be at least invited here many times. In fact, I think I was even invited the first Roshana of the school by Mrs. Noy, and unfortunately it's never worked out. But I, I really uh, look at this as an opportunity to uh, speak to everyone here. Most, I think I'm most, probably know everyone. Um, and just to reiterate what you all know, that this is a fantastic school. I, I was here for the open house, and I told my wife how floored I was by, A, the enthusiasm, the professionalism, the ruach of the school. So, uh, I, of course, it goes to administration, besides it goes itself. So, thank you for inviting me today. I had a brief time to look over the questions yesterday, and those are really heavy questions, very important questions. And so I'll, I'll do my best um, to answer them as best as possible. I'll try to stay a few minutes after I try to answer all these questions. Uh, but let me at least give the, the a basic background of anything, and then feel free to ask questions. Because to be honest, the questions that were asked yesterday are from the most important questions that you can possibly think about. Really, if these questions don't have answers, then we lose a lot of what we're doing in this world. Every question that was asked, some, actually some of them, I wasn't sure what was the point of it, so maybe I'll ask whoever asked the question to follow up. But this is what life is all about. These are existential questions. What are we doing in this world? How do our choices make an impact? And therefore, I, they're all important. So I will, do you actually have the questions here? Like I, 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 yeah, I can start with the first one. So the first question was, <coughs> it seems this question is still lingers, okay? And Bajra goes, if Hashem knows everything, and He knows what choices we will make, do we really have a choice? Hashem plans everything out and knows our faith. Do we really have the power to choose? Okay. So the first question is, is if, it's a famous question, if God knows everything, so are we really choosing to, to having a choice? So first of all, just remind ourselves what the Torah says. Torah tells us in Parshish Re'eh, these psukim, these verses, are from the most powerful verses. It's in, actually, it's in Parshish Nesavim, excuse me. It's Perik Lamed, Pasuk Tezvov. Torah tells us, Re'eh nasati l'fanech hayom esachayim v'yasatoi v'esamol v'esesara asher anoichi mitzav hayom la'ava esadunai lohecha l'alechis v'drocha v'lishmur mitzvaysa v'chukoysa v'shpata v'chayisa v'raisa so Torah tells us, See, I place before you today the life of the good and the death and the evil, that which I command you today to love Hashem your God, to walk in His ways, to observe His commandments, His decrees and His ordinances, then you will live and multiply it. And the Torah then says, I call heaven and earth to you today to bear witness, thank you, uh, against, uh, against you I have placed life and death before you blessing and curse and you shall choose life that you shall live and you and your ass is this the name of today? so that's in this the Torah tells us clearly that we all have a choice between life and death between good and evil between great things and not so the first thing we have to know is that free will is not a Kabbalistic concept it's not a Talmudic concept it's a biblical concept it's a Din Min Torah and in fact, but having this ability of free will is the whole point. It allows us to have reward and punishment. Because if we don't have free will, then, then you can't be rewarded, you can't be punished. 
In fact, we're not going to talk about it today, but there is a, a category of individuals that are considered not having free will. Let's say a, a child has uh, a very serious, uh, for example, uh, you know, a serious case of Down syndrome. So, in that situation, there are many things that that child is exempt from, even though that soul may be very holy, and that's a separate conversation. But there's no real choice there. For many of the things, that child doesn't have the ability to make many of the choices that the, you grow up and do in this room. Therefore, there is less of a culpability. There's less reward and punishment for such a child because they can't choose. The whole concept of reward and punishment is um, prefaced by having free will. That's why the Rambam, Maimonides, says in Hilchus Tshuva, he starts out the fifth parak of Hilchus Tshuva. The Rambam says, a person has to know he has free will. If a person wants to put themselves in the good path, and to be a righteous person, they have that ability. And to be a wicked person, they also, and the Ram for the next parak goes through exactly that every person, everyone has the ability to be completely righteous. Everyone. <laughs> no, it doesn't make a difference who your parents are, what you're, what you're, what you're, where you're born, where you're doing. Everyone has this ability to be righteous or wicked. And the Ram says, why is this so important? Because if you don't have that ability, if, you're, if it's not an option, then you can't talk about tshuva. You're not, what are you doing tshuva for? You did nothing wrong in the first place. If there's something called determinism, they know what determinism so that's... Determinism is a concept in philosophy, which certain Christian groups and other philosophical groups believe in. That is, that you have no free will, then you're not really liable for your actions. So free will is all important. At the end of this parak, in the fifth parak, the Rambam asks the question you just did. Frek the Rambam asks the Rambam, well, he says as follows. Um... Perhaps we'll say, God knows everything. Right? God knows whether a person will be righteous or wicked. This is the Perikei Halachahe of Hilchas Tshuva. So he says, if that's the case, if God knows. If God knows whether a person will be righteous, whether a person will be wicked, so where's the free will? If you know exactly what's going to be done, then obviously there's no choice. That's the Ram's question. And Ram says, well, it's very hard to explain this, but you have to know that both principles, both, both doctrines are true, that God is omnipotent, God knows everything, God knows everything from the beginning of the world to the end of the world, and everyone has free will. We all have free will. God knows whether you'll be listening to me now in five minutes or you'll be thinking about something else. But you'll still have a choice to listen to me now in five minutes or not. So, the Ram says, it's, we can't explain that 100%. We're limited in our intelligence because we don't understand what it means to be omnipotent. But yet, we all have free choice. The Ravid, the Ravid was a great 13th century sage, <coughs> a really, really late 12th century sage, a contemporary, same period as the Ramam. He who constantly comments on the Ram says, why are you asking questions that you can't totally explain? Don't bother people with these questions because, you know, if you can't totally explain, you'll give people doubts. <laughs> so I once saw Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was one of the leaders of American Jewry, one of the Gedele Hador, and he passed away in Muncie in 1986. So Yaakov Kamenetsky says, no, 
sometimes you have to ask questions to know that you can't fully grasp the answer. Right? You can't totally understand. That's okay. So this question itself, it's, itself is very difficult. What does it mean it's difficult? It's very easy to believe there's two concepts. What the difficulty is, the difficulty is, is that we're of limited intelligence. We don't know how these two concepts could totally work together. But what's clear, though, is that we have completely free will, and God knows exactly what to do. I want to give a very crude example, my own example, because it's very hard to, to explain, but I think it's a, it's a pretty good example. I have kids. I have a few kids. So, imagine the following. I know my children very well, and I know what they like and what they don't like. For example, uh, if my daughters hear this, uh, they won't be happy, so I'll pick on my sons, okay? Right, my son Yisrael has a sweet tooth, okay? I can do as follows. I can take candy, leave it on the table in front of him, and walk out of the room. Okay? Now, he can choose whether he can take the candy or not. But I'm willing to bet that if he's in the room by himself with the candy, he's going to eat the candy. Okay? How do I know that? Well, I don't know that for sure, but I can, I can say 95% chance, probably 98% chance. <laughs> if, if I warn him three times, I'll, I'll lower the percentages to 60% chance that he'll take the candy. He is, he's, it's, I can't control, I'm not controlling him, I'm not God. But I can tell you what he's going to do. So you can see that even on a, a level which is, to the extent, inaccurate, I can know what's going to happen and he still has free will. Right? Certain things are, are going to be obvious. I know that if I, put, uh, if I put him in the room on Shabbos, he's only four years old, but he's not going to turn the lights off and on. How do I know that? Right? Because I know, who my, I know this child, yet he has free will. So when God knows everything... It doesn't take away our free will, right? Which means that you can have knowledge and free will are not, they don't have to conflict. We still have completely free will. It means I left the room. Yisrael is not going to turn on the light on Shabbos. Did I take away his free will even though I know that? No. He still has a choice whether to do that or not. Okay? So this question, you know, is a question which the limitation is us. They're both completely true. How God can know exactly everything, how we have free will, we can't completely grasp because we don't have the ability to understand what omnipotence is. Omnipotence means that what it means to know everything. But it's fundamental. And the reason why I start with the Pasuk and Re'eh, and the reason the Ramam stresses in Shuva, is that we have completely free will. And it's also fundamental that um, God knows everything. Now, where does our free will come from? So both the Sefer Derech Hashem by the Ramchal, the Way of God by the Ramchal, Reb Chaim Velazhen in Nefesh HaChaim as well, bring down that our free will comes from our neshama, comes from our soul, that the spark of divinity in us. And the more that we use our soul, the more we activate our Bechirah the more we activate our free will. So if you're listening to me, it means you're using your soul. If you're spacing out, uh, right, the, the, the more we, we tap into that that's the more we're using free will, okay? I, I'll take any questions on this. This is, you know, again, this is a little bit more of a difficult question just because the Rambam and the Raj themselves says we cannot completely grasp it, but we have to know that they're both completely true. Any follow-up questions on this, on this topic? Yes. What's your name? Hannah. Hannah, okay, yeah. Um, but in your example, like, with your child and your family, right. doesn't Hashem give the child the urge to do that? So how does that keep you free will if so, <coughs> does Hashem give us the urge? Let's see the questions again. 
Yeah, so I'll get to this later, but you, the, the urge actually, there's a certain emerge, urge that will come from God, and a certain urge that comes from you. It says, Hakol bidei shamayim chutzmi or shamayim, the Talmud says in Brochas, that everything in the hand, is in the hands of heaven except for fear of God. The Chavos Levavos, the Vilna all this form bring down, that that means all of your choices are up to you. How we'll define your choice, we'll, we'll see later. But no, the, the, your ten, basically, you have a nature. Your nature is your physical DNA, your spiritual DNA. You have a nurture based on your Meira education, based on your parents' home education, based on your elementary education. So you have certain uh, points which we're going to drive you a certain way, but ultimately that decision is yours. So what's a real decision? So I'll just touch on this now. So Rev. Dessler explains the following. I just gave you a case of Yisrael. So my son. So Yisrael won't turn on the lights on Shabbos. He's very weak as far as candy. He's only four. Uh, there are decisions which are more in the middle. Right? So all of us here. We all think that are not really choices because it's so obvious to us. Right? Nobody here is going to eat a cheeseburger. That's not really a choice. Right? Nobody here is going to... Um, you know, say Tehillim every day right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm misjudging this class over here. But to finish the whole Tehillim every day and to wake up 5 a.m. to do it, because we're not at that level. That's okay. Maybe one day someone will be doing that. And, you know, but that's, not, that we're, that's beyond us, right? Which our choice is limited. So there are certain urges which you're correct, by the way. It's just beyond us, right? Which right now we're not at that level. We're not at that level. It's not, it's, we're, not, we're not there yet. But there are certain points that, that really is our choice. Let me give you an example. I, I in my shul, I have multiple families that became Bali Tshuva. Became religious. I always tell them the following thing. In fact, I had this conversation. I was at a wedding Sunday night. Somebody from the, the Midwest was there. And they went outside with me. I had this conversation with them. He wants, this person wants to become observant. Okay? So please tell me, it's daunting to become observant. Now, this person's not observant today. If they would try to keep Shabbos kosher and all daven three times a day, they would, you know, not be able to do it. So I told the person as follows. You have to look at keeping mitzvahs, getting to mitzvahs, is lifting weights. Right? How do you lift weights? If you go to a, a, a place where, into a gym and people are lifting weights, and you see people lifting 200 pounds, and you can only lift 20, 25 pounds, okay? So if you try to lift 200 pounds, you won't be able to do it. If you try to lift 100 pounds, you may rip your muscles, and then you'll be damaged. So I told him what you do is you take 25 pounds, you do lots of reps, practice, 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 and then you get to 30 pounds, and you work yourself to 40 pounds. That's how a person becomes a You take on one thing, you get used to it, you're comfortable, you take on another thing. This person, right, the 25 pounds, this, this individual, for him, certain things were easy. This actual person, I think, kept kosher as far as meat. So that's not a challenge, per se, for him. Other things are challenges. So his urges are going to be an area with, of, of difficulty. Something just beyond him, that's not even a challenge. You understand what I'm saying? So the, the way the way Rev. Dessler explains in Mikhtar Eliyahu, in his Kuntras Habechir, on, on his it says, imagine war. Okay, what, which history? Actually, you're taking all kinds of history here. Anyone taking European history yet? European history? American history? American history, Civil War, what are you, what are you up to? What, you, what year are you up to? What? Revolutionary War. Revolutionary War, okay. Revolutionary War is not a great word to pick this, but we'll tease Revolutionary War. Right? So if, if Washington's troops are by York, or or, or, or uh, uh, in the beginning of the war, they're in Pennsylvania, 
So here's a line, okay? Right? His troops are out of a line. So everything behind their line is... They, they, is I'm going to pick an easy kind of war. World War II. Germany and France, okay? Where Germany, all of the... Where they have conquered... That's not a ch- that's where that's where not where the battle is, right? If you're fighting a war, where do you fight the war? You fight the war on the front, right? Especially if there's no airplanes. So the front is the point of challenge. Okay, I'll, so everything that's beyond your front, you've already conquered. So I would say all the girls in this classroom, right? Shabbos is not your bechira point. Okay, you know you're all keeping Shabbos. It could be for some of us being very careful about muksa. It's a challenge. So that's where your free will is going to come in. You're, none of you are going to drive on Shabbos. So that's not your, you're not choosing that. Right? None of you, I, again, I made it in this strategy, I'm certainly not at that level, are going to not speak Divrei Chol on Shabbos. I mean, not to speak, there's a, there's a Sadiqar of Scheinberg. When he would have Shabbos, he would only speak Torah Mitzvahs, the whole Shabbos. No other conversation. If you ever go to his house, you'd ask him, do you want chicken? And he'd go, mm. you know, you want, you want rice? Mm. He wouldn't talk. He would only speak Torah Mitzvahs. Right? So the challenge of breaking Shabbos, that's, you don't have, that's not a, a challenge. That's not your free will. Because you're beyond that. The challenge of not speaking the whole Shabbos, that's also not your challenge because you're beyond that. So what would be your challenge on Shabbos? Could be to daven with Kavana. Could be to enjoy Shabbos. To, take, to, to have, have a good time. Right? Ms. Lewis tries to help out with that. But she should us for those... Right? But that's your challenges. So your urges, when you hand out, when you ask the question, some urges are from you, and some urges are from God, right? So a person who's on a low level, they're not, they're too weak. My Yisrael, if I put him in the room with candy, you're correct. That urge is natural tendency right now. I have to break that. I'm going to try to do that over time. Right? He's also a little kid, so I'm not going to be too harsh on him. Right? But... When he gets older, a lot more will be up to him to say, no, this is, this is incorrect. Okay? Somewhat clear? Yes. Angle, I got the last one. What's the first name? Sarah. Sarah, okay. Um, um, so you said that like, the more we use the is like the more we're tapping into free will. The more? more like, you said like, the like, like, more we use our neshama. Yes. So, yes. Then how does it work with like, bad decisions? Because we're not using our neshama necessarily. I mean, like, are we using our neshama to make like, a bad decision? Like, you're, using your, you're using your Yitzhahara for that. Okay. So, so poor decisions is you either follow your guf, your body. When we talk about Yitzhahara, so just that's an important thing. Um, when we talk about Yitzhahara, it starts like use as a very big statement. But if you look at the works of Kabbalah, they break the Yitzhahara down to an internal and external Yitzhahara. Right? There's an internal Yitzhahara, there's an internal evil inclination, and there's an external. What's internal that's external? Okay? Let's pick a, 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 a teenager. Okay? There are certain teenagers who would never um, talk Lashon Hara. Very few. Never. But let's, let's imagine this. Right? So there's certain teachers, internally, they have no Yitzhahara for that. But if they're around other people, friends, peer pressure, that external factor causes them to do it, right? There are certain people who um, would never eat non-kosher. They themselves don't have a Yitzhahara for that. But if they're around such another person, that person brings out that Yitzhahara. That's not coming from them. They're, they're, they're susceptible to that. But it's external Yitzhahara. So when we talk about 
um, you know, making bad decisions, it can come from you internally. It can become due to your own Yetzir Harab, because that's your weak point. So Yisrael, my son, uh, at this point of his life, has a, has a, internally likes candy a lot, and will take it even though he's not supposed to take it, perhaps. Other, other things he'll never do, but if his older sister tells him to do something, maybe he'll end up doing it, not because that's his Yetzirah, but he gets suckered into it by an external Yetzirah. Bad decisions, again, at that free will point, is coming by not using your neshama, by not using your soul, right? by not tapping into it. You may have an urge a certain way. Somebody, that urge can come internally, because that's your own nature or nurture, that urge can come from a friend, it can come from society, it can come from the street, right? Let's say Tznias, okay? Uh, if you go to certain places, the street, people are less Tznias, right? If you go to certain, let's say you go to a camp, okay? In Meira, I'm sure Meira has, has a dress code? Yeah. Okay, so let's imagine you go to Camp um, Plony. So in Camp Plony, the girls don't dress tznias. You yourself feel a need to be tznias, but you don't dress tznias in Camploni because of the pressure around you, because of the standards around you. So that's an external Yayitzahara. If you would be at home, if you would be in your, in your locale, your natural tendency would be to dress tznias, but you go to Camploni, you go visiting uh, Aruba, you know, in Aruba, they're not necessarily dressed so nicely. So externally, you see people around doing it and it affects you. Then you're in a Shama, uh, Sarah, you can respond by saying, no, this is right or wrong. So it could come from your internal or it could come from your external. Is that clear? So like when you use your Neshama to overcome the temptation, then you're using free uh, Exactly. Um, Again, I, you know, I, there's limited time, but part of it is between reality and falsehood. Because what the way Yitzhahara does it is he creates a reality. He, it's between real, a real world and what the Yitzhahara builds up as this wonderful thing. If I would only do this, if I would only dress this way, if I would only eat this way, if I would only talk about it, I'll be happy. So what you're using the Shaman to do is know what's really important, what's really true, what's really correct. And that's how you win with your with your Yitzhara. Yes. So are you like strengthening your Yitzhara when you choose the bad choice? Absolutely. In fact, well, in fact, we'll get to that a little bit later on. It says Schara Avera is Avera. That the reward of an Avera is another Avera because the path you take, the choices you make, will lead you to other sins, right? If you if you put yourself in a certain location, that sin can lead you to many other sins. If you make one choice, you can easily end up making many other negative choices. Same thing for the Tov, right? Schar mitzvah, the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. It becomes easier to do a mitzvah if you've done a mitzvah. You become holier if you did a mitzvah. You become more likely to do a mitzvah. And on a divine level, on a metaphysical, on a ruchnis level, you get more siyat the shmaya if you do a mitzvah to get more mitzvahs. So, absolutely. If you make a negative choice, the biggest damage is a negative choice is it creates more negative choices with you. And the same thing by positive even more so. Okay, any more questions on this topic? Yes, sir. Um, why isn't the power of the Yitzhah and the power of the Yitzhah equal? Like, if um, you just said that the Yitzhah is this whole world and like, it tricks you saying if you 
speak like Shahara and you you participate in the conversation, then you'll be you'll be awesome. Like you'll be accepted. But like your eats are tough on the other hand is saying, but like interject. Come on, it'll stop the conversation. But then you'll be an outcast. So so <coughs> and so let's go back to the original thing. Let's go Shabbos. Breaking Shabbos and not speaking the whole Shabbos. So. There, those, those, you have no real Yetzirah to break Shabbos. You go driving on Shabbos. You have no real Yetzirah yet. Maybe you know it's a nice concept, but you would probably associate that with like Rebetz and Kanievsky, or the Chavetz Chaim's wife, of only speaking Torah on Shabbos. This is not where you are. At the point of your free choice, you actually have a, a legitimate free choice. Where you really, it's, the, the odds are really equal. And we'll see a little bit later on, and we'll touch on that again. But where, where your decision-making is really made, right? you will have free choice. Certainly, this is very important. I, you know, Sarah Engel asked before about which I mentioned that the Nefesh Chaim, Chaim Velozhin, and the Ramchal say that your Neshama is what allows you to make a free choice, free will. That, that Hagad says, Barasi Sahara. Palma says in Kedushan, I created Yitzhahara. Barasi Torah Tava, I created the Torah as its antidote. I, you know, if you, if you have the medicine, <laughs> Right, <laughs> you'll be able to fight the Eight Sahara. The best medicine for the Eight Sahara is Torah, and particularly Musr. Right, um, you know, to have study a work of Musr. What Musr does, whether it's a work like the Path of the Just Mislos Sharm, whether it's the Chovos Ethics of the Heart, whether it's the works of the Chavetz Chaim, what Musr does is two things. It allows us to remind us of what's real, right? What's reality? Because you know, what the Eight Sahara does the Eight Sahara is compared to a fly. Tama compares the Sahara to a fly. What does a fly do? You ever see a person involved in something really, really important, and all of a sudden, like a fly starts buzzing there? So I've seen like adults like get on tables and start chasing flies, like in the middle of a report, and like a like sort of like a fly. Like it, it, it takes away your attention from what's important. What the Sahara does is you lose focus. Like you could completely lose focus of what's really important. Like you can speak to people like. Is this really important? Is this what really life's about? Is this what you're supposed to be doing? And if they think about it, no, this is not that important. And this is not what I'm supposed to be acting on. But the Yitzhahara blinds a person to that. So the more a person studies Torah, or learns Musr, the more successful they'll be. Right? Whether it's in your class, through your teachers hearing Musr, whether it's certainly on your own, right? if, if, if people take time to study Musr, they empower their Yetzir Tov. They empower themselves to be more successful, not only in being the Yetzirah, but we'll see Yetzirah is, are you kind? Do you not get angry? Um, unfortunately, as a rabbi, I, I deal with people, the worst thing in this world is Jews who are not happy. In my mind, the biggest loss in life is to be unhappy. So you have people who are depressed, be it mildly, people who are anxious. right? So that's Yetzirah. I mean, how could it steal your life from not from rejoicing in life. So if you want to beat out these things, whether it's laziness, whether it's productivity, right? It's not just keeping Torah mitzvahs. It's our whole demeanor. Are we? How do we daven? Right? Does the Yitzhar make us feel davening is not that important or boring, or do we come to daven every day and say, "How lucky I am, Shachas! Fantastic!" Like the, I'm, I'm sure everyone woke up this morning, you know, Shachas, great, get to thank God, right? I mean, if a person is not, it means that there's, a, there's some Yitzhara there. Uh, really, that should be natural. Right? If a person, uh, where's the, where's the, the seniors ever decide where they're going for their trip yet? 
Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes, uh, you're still okay. You gotta, sell, you gotta sell a lot more cookies for that, uh, <laughs> right? So if you're going, if you end up going, let's let's pick. Uh, I don't like Hawaii. Let's pick Miami Beach. I grew up in Miami Beach, right? We can be at my, uh, Hawaii, right? Let's say Hawaii. Think about You would be excited, Sarah Molly, to go to Hawaii. I'm sure you'd be excited, right? But you, I, I was, you're so excited, right? Because you view that as it's a great thing. Your perception of it is great. So when you have clarity of thoughts, Torah gives a person clarity. Most gives a person clarity. When you think this is great, you'll be successful. That's how the, we, we, we answer Tov. The next question is, does Hashem control our thoughts? And that's if there's a very simple answer. No. <laughs> God does not control our thoughts. We have complete control of our thoughts. However, and in fact, many of the worst averas are thoughts, whether it's thoughts of heresy, thoughts of lewdness, thoughts of evil, thoughts of hurting people, thoughts of hatred, thoughts of depression. We have, we have, we have control of our thoughts. There are, the storm could bring down certain thoughts that come into our head, which we're not culpable for, which are from God. But, we have the ability to get those thoughts out of our head. Right? If we have negative thoughts, Right? We have negative thoughts. You see a person, you don't like them. You never met the person, but you don't like the way they look. That's a negative thought. You have to get, get that thought out of your head. You're in a place where you have a thought which is sinful, negative. So you, you, that, may, that may not be your fault, but you have to get out of your place. There's actually a remarkable Marsha. Marsha was a great, one of the leaders of six, late 16th century Polish Jewry, one of the Gedele Hador. There's a Pasuk which is so bombastic, which is so unbelievable. It talks about that Shlomo HaMelech, Solomon, his wives led him to do idolatry. Right? We know that Shlomo HaMelech was the wisest of all people. He was one of the greatest people to ever live in this world. He broke some of the Torah's priests by he married too many wives. Which the Torah said that king should not marry too many wives. Right? And some of these wives he had converted from other kingdoms. They converted in order to make for political reasons. Now, Shlomo HaMelech was a really wise man. He had all kinds of calculations. The Torah said not to do it. The Torah ultimately said that at some level, he ended up doing idolatry. The Marshal explains, what does he mean he did idolatry? God forbid, chas v'shalom, to think that Shlomo had anything to do with idolatry. But you know what the Marshal says? Shlomo brought ladies into his house who were doing these things. Right? They put ideas into his head. They put ideas into his head. He was culpable for those ideas coming to his head. Means, let's imagine the following thing. Not that any of you girls would do this. Not that me or two. I don't know if you get into major trouble, but show me major trouble from God if you would do this. You go Thursday night. Think, school's out to a club, and there's music. There's a disco playing. You're just going to watch the club. You would, God forbid, partake in any of the activities which are pagan in nature. Okay. What would come to your mind watching this club? Well, if you're a spiritual holy Jew, would say, how stupid these people are, how pathetic. But many people would have negative thoughts come into their head. That's what? So whose fault are those negative thoughts that came into your head? Right? If you go to Hawaii, right, and you're in the wrong place in Hawaii, right, in the wrong place in Hawaii, there's some places that are fine in Hawaii, right, and all of a sudden you start having fantasies a certain way. Did God put those fantasies into your head? No. The location you chose to put yourself Put those fantasies in your head, right? When you listen to a conversation negatively about a person, right? When you listen to music, right? Um, the wrong kinds of music. And all of a sudden you start thinking about things. How do those thoughts come into your head in the first place? 
Right? When a little kid, when a, when a teenage boy sits there and watches violence, right, or uh, plays video games which are violent, and then he starts thinking about karate and smashing someone's head in, right? Who's, did, those, did God put those thoughts in the person's head? No, your actions, your surroundings put those thoughts into your head. So we, first of all, the basic thing is, no, God is definitely does not control our thoughts. A, we always have the ability to, to change our thoughts. B, very often the thoughts that come into our head are based on our own previous decisions. Where we put ourselves, what we expose ourselves to. When you hear great sages say, don't do this, it's not always because you're actually going to do the activity. It's because when you do or listen or, be, or partake in certain things, it affects what you think. Right? It's going to affect how you think. Right? What, what, what goes into your head. Ultimately, of course, we have complete free will what goes into our Sometimes, let's say some people are more happy. Some people struggle. Their, their test in life is to be happy. So they can have depressing thoughts. So the original depressing thought, because that's their challenge, that may not be from them. That's from God. There's, that's their challenge. So they're not liable for that. But if they continue to think about that, that's their own fault. If they focus on that. I know somebody, every time they get into a little... They call me up and they're so negative. It's like, you, they, like the world has just, and they call me up. They're so upset, and they. So I said, it's, a reaction goes within, and then they build up. Like, and one time I went to my, went to the Amakai, I went to the show. I saw a person in the show like this, talking to himself. Like he got into a fight with somebody. Like just like he's having a conversation with himself. <laughs> Literally, like he's all upset. Like you know, like you know, he's playing out a, a scene. Actually, you know, I've seen in their mind this whole conversation. That's their own thought. They're, they're thinking negatively, and they're playing out those thoughts in their head. Could it have been that the original thoughts was not their choice? Yes. But afterwards, to go through a whole scene and getting themselves angry, that's certainly up to them. So I had a question? Yes, Hannah. Um, isn't there a concept that if you have a thought and you don't act on it, then you don't get the Vera, but if you have like a mitzvah thought and you don't act on it, then you do get the mitzvah? So, <laughs> that's a good question. If you think to do a negative event, let's say um, a Jew's never done their vera. It's only if you've never done it, right? You think to murder somebody. Not that anyone would think to murder somebody. Imagine some Jew thinks to murder somebody. They're, are they liable for murder? No. But all thoughts which are negative affect your soul, right? If you're thinking about murdering a person, it's lowering your soul. You're damaging. You may not be culpable for murder for doing that, right? But you, but you will be liable. If a Jew, God forbid, ate non-kosher 50 times, and now he's thinking about that cheeseburger, they are liable for thinking of that cheeseburger. That's correct. And same thing about mitzvahs at some level. But it's, it's only if you've done it or haven't done it, and it's only if you haven't done tshuva, if you've done that or there, there's other factors that go into it. That's, that's, the, the concept is true. Right? Okay? Yeah. yeah. What about people with like, mental disorders? Schizophrenia. They, they can't control their thoughts. Right. Right. Them right. So schizo- <laughs> schizophrenic people, uh, without medication, I don't see anyone who's schizophrenic that needs to take medication. Um, to the extent, like, like to the extent that they can't, they can't control their thoughts, They're like that Down syndrome child, which I mentioned in the beginning, the Torah, technically speaking, are not obligated in the mitzvahs because they don't have free will in that area. Having said that, the schizophrenic people have a lot of points where they do have free will in if they're medicated. <laughs> <laughs> they're not medicated. It's like anyone else. It's like they, 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 that's their obligation is to take medicine. If they choose not to take medication, 
um, that's a problem. If or the people around them, it's their obligation to make sure they take medication. But, but again, in theory, there'd be no medication to the extent they have those kind of thoughts, clinical illness, they would not be liable. Okay? If so, in in theory, let's talk about theoretically. If you have a schizophrenic living in uh, on an island by himself and nobody is around him, and he and he really doesn't have that choice, and you're right, it would, it would to the extent he couldn't take the medication, he would not be culpable. No, but if he chooses. So again, some schizophrenics are, are very uh, are very keenly aware that they need to take the medication, <laughs> and it's, it's just like you you're you choosing whether to make a brach or not, and some. It's like an ill person on a bed who can't put on tefillin. They just can't do it. So it's not really a choice for them. If it's a, it depends on whether it's a choice or not. All right, let's pick a not a schizophrenic. A person, uh, a person has, uh, uh, you know, a mild condition. That's, some schizophrenics are like that, and some are not. It depends. But you, it could be, in theory, that they have very little culpability, very little obligation, because but people around them who know them are certainly obligated <laughs> to help them do what's correct. Okay? Okay, next question. I'm going to skip the next question. I'm going to come back to that because the next one is about other people having Bechir, which is a little bit complex. So the fourth question, we'll come back to the third question afterwards. If everything is decided on Rosh Hashanah, what happens the rest of the year? Fantastic question, right? Because you know, I, I, in my show, I push everyone, the whole Elul, Kamitushal El Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, this is it, Yom Kippur, everything's decided, Right? So basically, after that, everyone can go home for the rest of the year, come back next level because you're done with Hashanah Yom Kippur. What in the world's going on the rest of the year? Um, so the Talmud says, Rabbi Yosi says in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Daf Tezayin Amid Aleph 16a that a person is judged on every day. And there's another opinion in the Gemara over there that a person is judged every hour. What does that mean? And in general, if you daven in the Rosh Hashanah, why do we daven every day? Right? I mean. Right, people in this school, it's the 12th grade is going to seminary. Do they start seminaries yet? Discussions? Okay, so seminary, when you think about seminary, this is not a joke, it's like it will affect the rest of your life. No pressure, okay? <laughs> what do they affect your life? You'll meet your peer groups. My, my, I have a brother who's living in Yerushalayim. He's in his fourth year of Kola, learns in the Mir Yeshiva. His wife, my sister, met in Benoz Chava. Okay? My sister was a Shadchan for my brother. If she wouldn't have went to Benoslav, her life could have been different, right? And my sister not going to Benoslav, a million things. Where you go to seminary could affect who you marry, it could affect your connection to Hashem for the rest of your life and who you and, and all your future generations. That's a pretty big thing. So let's imagine you're you're all excited to go to seminary now, and you start davening every day to go to seminary. Well, what a difference does it make? It, it was already decided before Mrs. Lewis went to Israel. Young Kipper. <laughs> Right? You don't have to daven at all. What? In fact, maybe my decisions won't make such a difference because it was a very decided Yom Kippur. So there's two things. First of all, you have to say what's the style of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. <sighs> it's not as, as simple as you learn as little kids that everything's decided. Not everything is totally decided. The potential of everything is decided, which means the permutations. Does everyone know what a permutation is here? The possibilities are decided. The, the, op- the options are decided. Right? There's limitless opportunities in the world, but the limits of what could happen the following year, that's decided in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. If you do, the, what God says in Rosh, Rosh Hashanah is, certain things will say, this is no matter what could happen this year, but many things, it, it will say, this or this or this, 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 this could happen depending on the following things. 
if you do your Ashtalis, right? God could say on Rosh Hashanah, you're going to make a million dollars. If you decide not to go to work, then you'll never get that million dollars. doesn't mean you can't go to work, right? It means if you do what's proper, you'll get a million dollars. It doesn't mean you guarantee a million dollars no matter what you did. God also, and this is what the Gemara says in Brachas, that, that tefillah is the key. Prayer is the key. Rabbi Hashem very often is geyser, decrees in Rosh Hashanah, a person should get something. So let's imagine, right, God says, you're going to go to this seminary, which will make you a tzaddikus, you'll marry a tzaddik, you'll have great kids, you'll have great kids, you'll be happy, and you'll get a great parasa. If you dive in for it twice a day, every day, that's where you end up. If you don't dive in twice a day, every day, you'll go to seminary B, well, you'll have a mediocre life, <laughs> and did it all, right? I'm not saying, by the way, this is the, 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 that's the reality. But it's possible it is. It's certainly possible it is. It's certainly possible God says, if you pray the rest of the year, that, why don't you pray for people to be healthy? Let's say, pray for other people. I don't want to pray for other people right now. Pray for yourself. Right? What difference does it make if it's the sign of Rosh Hashanah? Why pray for yourself the rest of the year to be healthy? Because God can say, you will be healthy if you pray every day. If you say, Asher Yatzer, with Kavan every day, you'll be healthy. If you don't say it, then you're going to get sick. So what we do the rest of the year, right, uh, it affects what was, de- what was decreed in Rosh Hashanah. Decreed Rosh Hashanah is just the potential. It could be that like Rosh Hashanah was decided, a person is going to die, and no matter what you do, it's not going to change. It's also more than possible, God will say, well, if you do so-and-so, you'll live. If you do so-and-so, then people will get married. Right? It's that, that potential is disguised on Kippur. But God could say, if you do so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, right, then you'll get married. Right? What does it mean to, what's so-and-so? First of all, to do his shtadlis. means doing what's necessary to get any job done, whether it's to make a living, <laughs> whether it's to get married, <laughs> whether it's to go to the right sem- seminary. You have to do the proper shots. Proper shots for seminary, since we're... Sorry. It's to research it, to ask the right questions, to see if it's, that's, that's a good fit. Would you, could you, would you have the right friends there? Would you be happy? Proper shots for marriages. Meet shakadim, right? dress up nicely, be friendly to people, Right. Proper shots to get a living is go on job interviews, get a, put a LinkedIn account, whatever you need to do. But beyond that, it could be that even with all your solids, it's not going to happen. You've got to pray. You've got to do things with it to do it. So Rosh Hashanah, it just gives you the, 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 the options. Right? If, it's, if, you're, if you're want to make, if it's not, if it's, Rosh Hashanah said you're not going to make more than $500,000, no matter what you do, you're not going to make a million dollars. You can daven all day and all night the rest of the year. You will not make a million dollars because that was not an option on Rosh Hashanah. You could, you could go for a million job interviews and you will not make a million dollars. But very often when Hashem says this, you have the potential to make a million dollars, but you've got to do things during the year to get it. Right? It depends on your decisions during the year. It depends on, first of all, your actions. Number two, as the, as the Sfar McDonald's, your prayers. Because the key to many things in life is prayers. Or palm. That Salah Shashiva of Torah Vadas gave a, a beautiful mashal. He, he so said, talked to an individual, his whole life, his whole life was, was impoverished. He was poor. And he looked for making a living. He struggled his whole life. He was never able to do many, 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 many things that he wanted in his life. Many, many, many things that he wanted in his life. And the last day of his life, right, and he's on his deathbed, and he, was, he, he had somebody come to his house and he starts, you know, kicking around. And he finds that under this guy's house, that his whole life was a treasure, was, a, was, a, was, a, was his treasures. They could have paid for all of this person's bills. 
that could allow this individual to do all things they want. And Rav Palm says that's like tefillah. There are people who are supposed to have great things in this world, but if they don't pray for it, even though it goes to Rosh Hashanah, they will not get it. Praying means during the year. Right? That's why prayer during the year is so important, because it could be that a person is supposed to have, you know, this thing happen to them. That's what's decreed in Rosh Hashanah. But if they don't pray for it during the year, they may not get it. So, Yes, of course, Rosh Hashanah has Gezeris, the, the, the limitations or the potential, but what we do the rest of the year is all important. That's why the Gemara says, that Rabbi Yossi says we're judged every day. Okay, any questions on this? Clear? Okay, next question. Um, how do we understand times where Hashem took away someone's Bechir? Example, Paro. Okay, great question. Well, free will is what allows reward and punishment. Free will is what um, is the purpose of life because that allows us to be not robots. So how does God take away Paro's free will and other people? So Rambam, in, over here in Hilchah's Tshuva, when talking about um, doing Tshuva having free will, asks the question about Paro, brings a couple other examples as well. Thank you. What Rambam says is false. Rambam's opinion is that you can be so negative if a person does something over and over and over again as a punishment, as a punishment, you can actually lose your uh, free will. That's the opinion of, of, of the Rambam, um, which would be if a person literally ingrains themselves in such a, 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 a lifestyle, it's possible to be punished. Rashi said that, that, that Hashem took away Paro's free will in order to, um, to show miracles. But the Ramban, Nachmanides, gives two, two answers. Right? Ramban in, in Shmos, Zayin, Gimel, he gives two answers. <coughs> the first is that, like the Rambam, he was punished for his deeds. But the second, is the opinion of the Ramban, and also that Kedis Yitzhak, who was a great Spanish sage, is as follows. If Paro's getting clobbered by Makos, right? If you're saying Dam, Svardeya, you have Choshech, do you have free will? Right? So I have, I have a question. Somebody puts a gun to your head and says, do this or else. Right? Do you have free will? What do you think? Someone puts a piece of chocolate in front of you and puts a gun to your head and says, eat the chocolate or blow your head away. you have free will? You do? Yeah, you can choose to not eat and get shot. You could choose to not eat and get shot. So... That's, that's still a choice. Okay, what's your name? Tila. Lander's there? Why not a choice? Okay, so Tila is technically right. There is a choice, but it's really a weak choice, right? It's not, it's, not a, it's not an equal choice, right? It's not an equal choice. Because eating a chocolate is not a big deal. Now, you could raise the stakes, say, put a gun to your head, bow to the idol, it'll kill you, right? But then the stakes are much higher. Paro really had multiple guns. He had like cannons fired all around him. Let the Jewish people go, or we're going to blow your head off. Right? So what is it? Was that free will? Not really. So what Mbam says is when God strengthened Paro's heart, he, he made it, it was in order to give him free will, and really in order to give him a choice, whether to free the Jewish people, that allowed him to, to have a real free will. And the, and the, and the interesting thing is that case then says, interestingly enough, You'll always say, see, whenever there's something really negative, there's something really positive. He says, for example, at the time we had a base at Migdash, right? 
you had uh, idol worship, which, which is the real reality of big Yitzhah. When the base is destroyed, there's no more Yitzhah for actually, his prophecy. When you had prophecy, you had a Yitzhah for idol worship, because prophecy is a great plus. Right? It's a great plus. So they, and, and, and in order to give people free will, there was a big Yitzhah for, uh, for idolatry. When you had a base in Migdash, you had negative spiritual forces, like shade and all kinds of things in this world, if you have free will. And it always goes, when you have Chafetz Chaim in this world, you have bigger Yitzhah this way. Like Friday night, I always say, Friday night for the Jewish people has so much Kedusha, so much holiness, but for, the, for other people, it's a Friday night's the night of sin, right? Where, whenever you're going to have, in order to equal the scale, it may everything equal, you have to have an opposite opportunity to do negativity. Actually, one of the things that Chazal say is as the Messianic era goes on, there's no more free will. Why is there no more free will? Because if you see God everywhere, right, there's no choice. Right? The reason we have free will today is because it's possible not to see God. But when Mashiach comes, right, there'll be a point where it'd be so obvious what you have to do that you lose your free will. Right? So, and then the Mashiach is called 100 to 0 when the Mashiach era comes. Well, the person will ask us why we bring that, you're supposed to use our free will today in order that, we, that when before Mashiach comes, and we're in the beginning of Mashiach time, in order that we have it when Mashiach comes. Okay, any other questions on this topic? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's about Mashiach, but... Is it related to free will? Yeah, what's the point of life if there's no free will? Like when Mashiach comes. It's a great question. So first of all, in the beginning of the Mashiach's time, uh, there used to have free will. But and in, 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 in particular, even when that comes, the, the example is is like you know, <laughs> given it's like if you prepare for Yom Tov, could you uh, if you prepare for Shabbos, could you cook on Shabbos? Survey says no, right? But if you prepare before Shabbos, you can benefit. So your your free will is somehow activated if you did before him. But Mashiach really is like an end of time thing. Just like it's, the point of Mashiach is that in this world, you should have God's dominion. So when that point comes, you're right. You lose your free will, and that, that, that's not. A, it's no longer the point to choose at the point. It's the point for God's dominion in, in this world. That's like forever. What? That's forever. You don't have the spirit. That, no. Then you're rewarded for your. That's then. then you're, what? That no. But, but so ultimately, Sarah, it's, it's a good question. But, but ultimately. It's like the world to come. It's just a world to come in this world. Which means, once you, after 120 years, when a person dies, <laughs> that's forever. You have no more free will. Now, the Vilna Gain, on his deathbed, it's a famous story, the Vilna Gain on his deathbed was crying. Was crying on his deathbed. He literally, a few minutes before he death, he's looking at his sentence. And he says, in this world, for, for, for putting on sentence, you get all, eternal reward. Because right? the Vilna Gain, you can imagine his world to come is, you know, every yeshiva in the world today is based on the Vilna Gain. Right? But still, he can't do mitzvahs in that, in that world. The Vilna Gaon gets mitzvahs every second. Actually, me just telling that story right now, I get the Vilna Gaon a merit in the world to come, right? But he himself can't do anything anymore, right? So, you know, that's forever. Just like that's why you have to take advantage now in your life while you're living, right? What we're doing today is important because you may not have a chance in the future, right? That's why today is, is all important. Ultimately, there's the point of reward and punishment. Then the world's like, if you don't have the fear and you don't have anything, you're just kind of living. I mean, I don't know. After, but then that's forever, you're just not doing it. I mean, no, so, so uh, what the world to come is, is a different, maybe, it's a, a different you know, me in, but very basically, it's not static, the world to come. You're constantly changing the world to come based on your decisions in this world, right? It's not like you get to the world to come, you stay at the station, and you stay the same. 
but, you, but your whole world to come and everything that will happen there will be, have to be completely 100% dependent on what you did in your life in this world okay so what you choose in this world will affect your world to come will affect you in the messianic era as well but ultimately that's the point it's this world is olam hazeh it's a world of tests a world of challenges a world of tribulations a world most importantly of opportunity <laughs> it's a great world where you can you can accomplish a lot but it's only if you take advantage of it right? and that's why a class like this or anything that you're doing is all important because it reminds us that our choices we're responsible for our decisions and the responsibility is not short term it's long term it's eternal right when the initial always says, think about eternal rewards to give that kind of perspective that what you're going to choose now is going to affect everything in the future and therefore is all uh, important. Any other thoughts on this? Okay. I'll go back to the other question. If, um, can other people interfere with my Bechira since they have Bechira too? So the answer is, in theory, no. In theory, Every, and the Gemara says in Chulon Dav Zayin, in Adam Noikav Etzbal Malmata, Adam Ken Goizer Atzmalamala, a person, nothing happens to a person unless it's Goizer up above, and we make our choices in this world, so no one should be able to affect me. But, which means you have your choices, but, but, <laughs> there's a Zayhar. It's a remarkable Zayhar. The Zayhar basically says that certain things can happen because people choose. Right? And it talks about the Zohar by Reuven and, and Yosef. And Orachayim brings the Zohar down. That somebody could choose to come after you and kill you. God, someone could choose to hurt you in some way. And what the Zohar says is at some level that, that their Bechira could change a Gezer. Well, what does that mean? So when the Mepharshim explain this as follows, there's, there's two basic approaches. Right? Remember one thing. You know, if you meet... Uh, a person who wants to hurt you, right? Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. God himself puts that person in your place. You don't mean anything in this world without God cre- uh, creating that, that, that reality. But once that reality is created, there is something a concept that God sometimes says, you are, are, are your judgment this year, I'm giving this person the ability to make a decision whether to help you or hurt you. You understand what I'm saying? The decree is, is that so-and-so has the ability to help, help or hurt you. Then, therefore, in that kind of situation, <laughs> so-and-so's choice will affect you. That itself was a gazer from God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right? But that, that's one explanation. The other explanation is, this is very serious. I have a question. I don't be, oh, well, may I answer it afterwards? Could you kill yourself? Is that, or is that up to God? Suicide. What do you think? Could you let it kill yourself? Could you? How about this? If you smoke for 20 years... And you die of lung cancer, God forbid, a person is 60 years old. Were they supposed to die at 60 years old? Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it's not an answer. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It is an answer. Uh, Tomorrow you said yes, right? You said, so God can say, God can, so God can say, you're supposed to live this year? And then you don't die. Right. right. So, okay, so if you jump off, if a person, so, so tomorrow, so yes, so if you, a person jumps off a bridge, a person goes to the Golden Gate Bridge, does a backflip and dies. Was that the side of Rosh Hashanah or not? 
Well, it depends. But a healthy person, a healthy person. They got they got divorced. They were so depressed they jumped the bridge. That was their choice. Was that was that the sign of Rosh Hashanah? Potential. Potential. Uh, okay. So so very basically, here's this is this is actually a serious question. The Gemara says, don't put yourself in dangerous situations. Dangerous situations could be smoking. I remember when I was in Lakewood Yeshiva, the Mashkiach in Lakewood, Ramatisal, Salman, to this fellas. He said, if you smoke, one of two things happen. You either get sick and you die. You either get sick and you die and you're judged because of that. You, all the years of your life or your productivity. Right? And you'll, you'll, or you lose merits. Because the Gemara says, the Gemara says, that you should never put yourself in dangerous situations. Because if you put yourself in dangerous situations, you're, you're judged at that moment. And the judgment is, should you be saved? Should you be okay? And even if you come out okay, it takes away your merits. Right? So if you drive 90 miles an hour on the 280, that's dangerous. So you've put yourself in a dangerous situation, you could actually lose merits. Even if you don't get to a car accident, nothing happened, you lost the davening you just did. You lost merits. Okay? If you smoke, it could be, as mentioned, you don't die because you're DNA, but you've lost merit because you know what? You could die because of that. Even if you don't, and if you, and if you die young, God's going to say, you lost 20, 30 years of your life. Right? You lost 20, 20, 30 years of your life. You're being judged on the 20th years of life because you killed yourself. And, and, and there's a Rivash, I don't know, Rashbash actually, who talks about, you can elongate your life, you can shorten your life. That's up to you. In fact, it can even go to Rosh Hashanah, you drop off a bridge, you've judged yourself again. Now, it could be, at that moment you jump off a bridge, a, a boat comes under, you fall into the boat, you're saved. Right? Because there are possibilities, but you're judged. Hold on, let's get to tomorrow. And when I was in Bakr and Shar HaTorah, Yeshiva in Queens, there's Yeshiva of Zalg Epstein, who was one of the elder sages of America. So I was driving him, I was very close to the Yeshiva, and there was talking about exercise. So I said, if you don't exercise, is there any ramifications? So of course, he says, it's like anything else. If you don't take care of your body, and because of that, you're, you're, you don't feel as good, you're able to, you don't have this physical strength to daven, and some people will get sick and get diabetes, or all kinds of things. You're culpable. I mean, you took away from your life. You don't eat healthy, right? These things affect you. Of course it does. I mean, you, you're, you could actually elongate or shorten your life to a certain extent. It's also possible, God says, no matter what you do, you're going to die at a certain age, but there's multiple... Per- to kill yourself is your choice, yes. Yes. So there are certain merits. It could be that, and if you're saved, some guys sometimes God has other reasons for saving you, but you lost merits. It comes at a, it comes at a, at a cost, right? Which means, and if you so if you go on a bridge, the Gemara says you go on bridges, which is a rickety bridge, you could die, right? Or you can be able to get to that bridge, and you lost a lot of merits. You lost a lot of your chosim, right? That's the But then, like every like everything you do is like the same. Like is the same as like if you're gonna like jump off a bridge, then like, <laughs> you're not like just eating candy bar, then like you're just eating candy bar because it's not healthy. You think we? No. So so we're talking about. I, I was just saying lifestyle. No, no one can't. No, I think scientifically, not one candy bar. Or, or not exercising one day. We're talking basic, general lifestyle. As a, we usually follow the laws of nature, right? So if you, smoking, same thing as smoking, right? Uh, if you would smoke one cigarette in your whole life, you've done nothing to yourself. You smoke even 20 cigarettes in your whole life. I've never smoked, so I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating that. But 
the point is, is, is your decisions could affect it. You know, and, and what we're talking about is the normal. You have to live what's considered the normal rules, right? It's as you see, if you drive 65 miles on a highway, that's considered normal. If you drive a 90, right? Not only is if you get into an accident, is that much more dangerous? If somebody crosses you off, is that more dangerous? If you get into an accident, the impact at 90 miles an hour is much more dangerous. It doesn't mean to drive 40 miles on the highway because. Of course, 40 is safer than 65. It means you're obligated to live what's considered teva in this world, what's considered natural. natural. Right? And, you know, with eggs, like sometimes they say eggs are good or bad. You know, they say eggs are good, you eat eggs. You don't have to follow, you, that, that's the basic. It's not that one candy bar or one, but it is a lifestyle. So if you get used to doing certain things very often, you'll follow that lifestyle. If you exercise, you'll get personal person exercises. If you don't exercise, then you won't, it's not going to happen, right? You understand what I'm saying? It's not that one, it's not that one choice. Obviously, jumping off a bridge, putting a gun to your head, right, or smoking every day are very different than having a candy on Shabbos versus not. You know, it doesn't make it, that, 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 you can't equate the two. In the, in the, in the, in the, yeah. Um, so. But, so, but what about like individual decisions? Like, what if someone like needs you to? What's that? I, we have all the time. We can accommodate everyone. What time is it now? It's 10 20. Okay, so let's, okay. Yeah. So, like, what if, like, I don't know, like, Coconut Creek, you know, we post Coconut Creek, and you're standing on, like, a rickety ladder. Like, it, not, like, you're not oh. in danger of, like, hurting yourself, but anytime they you should not. Like, you are yeah. putting yourself in danger. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Whenever you put yourself in danger, judge. So, what, this one, I'll actually just to connect, and I'll get to Hannah's question. When a person comes after you with a knife, right? That person has put you in a moment of judgment. It's like you walk on a rickety bridge, and you're judged based on that, right? I'm not, I, can't, I don't have the time to now, but by the way, if you speak Lush and Hara, <laughs> you also will put yourself in, in a new judgment during the year. The best way to experience Yom Kippur again is to speak Lush and Hara, right? The best way to go into Yom Kippur again during the year is speak Lush and Hara, because you will be judged at that moment on do you really deserve what you're getting. So... That, that happened, you know, I, you know I, I'm sure you've discussed that with other classes, but that's also interesting. Yeah, Hannah. Um, kind of going back to the uh, question, like, is killing yourself really, like, your choice? Like, how about, like, if someone tries to, um, like, help someone commit suicide, but then it doesn't work out, and then they're locked up, and all the choices taken away from them? So they'll have choice, they'll have choice when they're locked up, what are they going to do then, right? How are they going to think, what are they going to do? They have different choices. Right? They're, right? They're just different choices. They'll have choice. Just different choices. Okay, last question on this, and then I'm going to go further. Go, Sarah. Some people really just don't have a choice. You live your life within all the guidelines and all the norms, and one day you get a Ill, a, an illness that you die of within a month, or some crazy guy <coughs> shoots you. Or who knows? Like, there are so many things that can go wrong, and you have no choice in the matter. So. Uh, again, these, all these questions are all, all important. That maybe at that moment you had no choice, but it could have been had you dive in bed in Russia. So I'll tell you, the briskarov. You know, I, I, I would never. I even, I, I like, I, even saying this, I think it's so hard to believe. But the briskarov said that had the Jews dive in better before the Holocaust, the Holocaust would have never happened. Okay, I mean, what that means I, is beyond me. But what, what the concept is is beforehand. You may have had choice. You're correct. There are certain illnesses that no matter what you did, that's meant to happen. That's meant to happen. For whatever reasons. Because, you know, I, there, are, there are things which affect your, your individual soul. There are, meta, there are more meta issues. Like, there are things that your life can affect a million other people's lives, right? There are things that will go way 
beyond things, right? Which we don't have, we can't, we can't, you know, why bad things happen to good people, that's also a different topic. All these are all very, it hits on all these things. You're right, there's sometimes, at that point you had no choice, it could be you never had a choice. But it's also possible <laughs> that had you made other decisions, had you prayed differently, had you acted differently, that would have never happened. What about, like, the great remain? Like, the, the, who was it that died of ALS? Of who? ALS? The Garrick's disease? Uh, it was some great rub, and he, he dedicated his entire life to davening and learning Torah. And I'm sure he did everything right. So it's end. possible, right? It's possible. It's possible that there's probably in that case, it's possible that that was Minas Shemayim. That was his test and challenge, and his choice how to deal with that. Doesn't mean, <laughs> right? Listen, I I have mild asthma. Like it gets me, and that's not a choice. That's, I have to deal with that, right? <laughs> this person, that's got his. That's not, his choice is how to deal with the situation given, right? There are people who are going to have short lives, and people who have longer lives. You're always choice is what you're. Which actually, which will hold the rest of this question. And the next topic, right? What is a gezerah, and does it limit our 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 bechira? Okay. Um, so, as mentioned, the Gemara says, everything comes from heaven except from Yerushalayim. The other Gemaras say that uh, everything comes from heaven except from, you know, um, uh, this or that, colder fear. So, Ra- Rashi says in Brachas, let me this down over here, that whether you're tall or short, do you have a choice to be tall or short? Very little choice. Obviously, you know, you don't need to drink your milk when you're younger, it'll have an effect, da, 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 but the, the potential, I have news for, for you know, Tamar Gardenberg's parents are tall, right? So she's not going to be, you know, four foot four. It's not going to happen in her family. You know, it's, you know four foot four people in your family? Right? Not, not, not an option, right? It, there's DNA, there's all kinds of other things, right? Intelligence, all kinds of things are, are decided in heaven. But ultimately, Rashi says, because everything is placed before a person is decreed by Hashem, for instance, whether a person is tall or short, poor or rich, smart, dull, light or dark, right? Skin color. But whether a person is righteous or evil is not decreed by heaven, but is entrusted in the village choice. He has two paths in front of him, and he needs to choose the fear of heaven. That's what Rashi says. There's another Gemara in Nida. This is what the Gemara says. There's a, there's a malach that goes over, over every baby that's born. He says, This drop, when he's got a baby, should be strong or weak. Intelligent or foolish. Usher, rich or poor. Rasha or tzaddik. Doesn't say. Why the Gemara does not say? Because that's up to the child. So the malach says, What should this kid have? Right? So the way, and I can quote 50 sources, but the time is very limited here. We're all given a nature, we're all given a nurture. Nobody here chose their parents, right? <laughs> Hashem gives us certain parents. And are, some people's parents have certain perfections and certain imperfections, right? Um, most people's parents are perfect, that's what you're supposed to think, okay? That's <laughs> actually cute, right? But, the, you know, I, I once deal with someone on the Shuddach. My parents told me to do this, and they're really, I would really like to do it. It says, God gave you your parents too. The same God is going to give you your Shuddach. Pick your parents for you. They take them into account. Right? Your parents, your parents, right, are part of you, who you are. You're, they're given. Obviously, you have to make your own free will. Certainly, if it's a conflict with Torah, Torah comes first. But who your parents are, right? What your IQ is, your physical. There are some people who are born with diabetes, you know, from the time of birth. Some people have, have allergies, right? He didn't choose allergies. The Gemara then says a remarkable thing afterwards. And I'm going to flip around to all this. The Gemara says, 
actually I wrote this down. Maybe not. Oh, yes, I did have it. You want to say in Shabbos. A person can be born under Madim, which is this model of red. He can be either an Umna, which is a doctor, a Ganav, a, a thief, oh Tavcha, or a butcher, or a Moel. Right? Or even a, a, even, even a Moel. It's a good thing your father chose to be a Moel, not a murderer or a thief. Right? Or anything else like that. Right? So, what does that mean? This is very important. There are certain personality characteristics that are ingrained. Okay? When we talk about gezeras and free will, there are certain things that God gives us which are immutable, which are, cannot be changed. Shepherd Felsen, I, I don't see her, but I see her hair. So I see her from the back. Did you choose the color of your hair? Are you sure? It wasn't supposed to be black? Uh, now, technically, Shifra could go ahead and dye her hair, but that wouldn't be her real hair, right? Your eye color. Did anyone choose their eye color hair? No. There, there are certain things you don't choose. That's given by God, right? Your nature and your nurture, that's given by God. Your parents, your physical health very often. Now, you can eat your chocolate bars and exercise. You can affect it somewhat, but there's, guess what? There are people who can, you know, have struggles with weight because that's their personal challenge with it. There's certain things that are ingrained. That's our nature and our nurture. Right? Certainly somebody who grew up in um, Venezuela, their starting point on certain things would be very different. Some girl who grew up in San Jose or Palo Alto or San Francisco or Oakland, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's their, 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 their nurture. So certain things we don't choose, right? None of you chose your parents, none of you chose your hair color, Not, and you could maybe in the future change, change it, but you didn't choose your IQ, you didn't choose your physical health, sometimes you don't choose if a guy decides to hit you with a car, God forbid, or, or if you have, who your teacher, they, 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 they get to choose the yeah. teachers, limited, right? And even the, the choices are limited to the choices, right? Yeah. You can't pick things that don't exist. You're, so where, where is free will? Free will is what you do with what you're dealt with. Right? With your parents, and your background, and your DNA, and your personality. You know, there's a remarkable Rav Hirsch. Hirsch says in last week's Parsha, again, you should educate a child according to its way, because when they, even when they get older, they won't leave it. Says Rav Hirsch, Yitzhak made a mistake by Esav. So he says, you, couldn't, you can't break an Esav. You have to nurture an Esav. Which means as follows. He says that a parent has to know his kid. And feeling a parent for ourselves, we have to know ourselves. Some people are outgoing. Some people are more introverted. Some people are very dynamic. Very, and some people are speakers. Some people are not speakers. Some people are friendly and warm. You know, I remember when I was a bucker, going back to Zelig Epstein, I said, I was talking about who I wanted to marry. I was dating at the time. And I said, you know, this is not my wife, Ebbetson. So I was dating a girl, but she doesn't seem like the kind of girl who's going to cry over the candles as a kid. You know, it's like, uh, I imagine myself marrying a girl who would cry over the candles on Friday night. She looks at me, it's like, she says, crying over the candles? Says, there are girls who are much, just, uh, that's, that, that's not their teva, that's not their nature. It doesn't, right? That's a nice thing, by the way. It's nice to be able to, to dive in over the candles and cry for your children, but there's a certain thing called teva. Some people cry easily or something is more difficult. Some people are natural in certain ways. Character traits you could change. That's up to your free will. Personality traits you cannot change. 
like Gemara says, a person who's born red, you're, right? Um, you have a lot of people. People have a lot of energy. You have to tap that energy in. You can't crush that energy. If you crush the energy, right? You let's talk about lashon hara. Okay, if you are talking to a person, right? If you say, you know, I'm not going to speak lashon hara. I won't talk at all. I won't talk at all. You will not be successful. You have to take your, your, your who you are and utilize your personality because that's how you'll be successful with your personality. Right? If you try, is when you're going to pick a career, right? If you love math and you're good at math, you'll be good at math. If you hate math and you're not good at math, you become a mathematician. No matter what you do, you will not be successful. Right? You've got to use your natural aptitudes. You know, use your natural strengths. That's called personality. That's what you're given from God. That's, that's an indicator of what you're supposed to do in this world, who you're supposed to be. That you cannot change. Character traits you can, you can influence. Right? Character is you know, getting angry or, um, or, or reacting in anger or not. So some people don't have natural inclinations. But whether you're haughty or not, that, that you can change. Whether you have a lot high energy or low energy, whether you're quiet or talkative, right? Whether you know, have a, 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 whether you love chocolate or you hate chocolate. I mean, if you love chocolate, that's you have to deal with it. You love chocolate, so you say, you know what? I'll have chocolate this time. That's who you are. So when you say the gazera, God's gazera is who your parents are, who you, what you'll do. The question is what you'll do with it. That's what bechir is. Bechir is what are you going to do? You know, with what you're given. The, the tendency of people is to blame their situations. They blame. Well, my parents made me angry. Or my parents made me this. I was raised this way. I was taught this way. You're, you're, our free will is to, do, to deal with the things we're given. Some people have great physical health. Some people struggle with physical health. Some people are naturally, they don't have a weight issue. And some people have weight issues. Some people really get uh, studies. Some people don't. But that's how you'll deal with all of these things. That's everyone's personal chest personal challenges and with the free will is what we're going to do with the cards the deck of cards were drawn by God God picked each one of us with individual purposes individual focuses right and he allows us to be successful by utilizing and using those individual focuses um, as, as well right that's our uh, that's our I mean, time's going to end in a minute but you know we're, we're we are each one of us have the ability to use all of our natural talents all of our natural things that's given by God, our parents, our background, our schooling. The fact that you went to Mi'iro will affect the rest of your life for the positive, right? But that's, that, that's your starting point for all of your other decisions. I want to just end here and I'll take a few last questions with Nikhtam Liao. If you, if, 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 if you came this morning just for this, it was really worthwhile to hear this one paragraph of what uh, Rev Dessler says. You should remember this paragraph for the rest of your life. Because if you really ponder, cogitate, contemplate, ruminate, think about this, right, it, it should change life. And then I, I mentioned in the beginning about Musr, that it gives a person clarity. Right? If you want to know the power of our decisions, listen to this power. This is what it says. This is in Mechzim Al Chilik Aleph. It's page 115. Okay? Every choice that a person makes, Aisiraisham, has an effect, will affect every other thing that you do the rest of your life. Now, it may be very minor, maybe a little ripple and not a wave. There are certain decisions which are major decisions, like who you marry, uh, what school you go to, what jo- right, where you live, those could be major. There are certain decisions every day 
whether you daven with kavana, whether you say a bracha with kavana, it will affect the rest of your life. It may not be to the extent of other things, but it will affect your eternity. Because that's going to create a ripple for the rest of your life. Some things have a minor effect. Some things have a major effect. Right? I deal with people who their marriage will affect the rest of life for the good and the bad. <laughs> there are people who want to become more religious and their spouse doesn't want them to. The people who want to be less religious are talking about their spouse is more religious. The people who want to move here, people, right? The, people who want to go to a seminary, they choose a seminary for the wrong reasons. They choose a seminary for the absolute wrong reasons. Not because, listen, it's not a question of, of, it's comfortable. You have to pick a seminary where you're comfortable. It's at your level. But you can pick a seminary for the wrong reasons. And that will affect the rest of your life. Now, is it possible to chuva and change? Yeah, of course. But you put yourself on a path. Right? You take, if, you, if, you, if you could have been a doctor and you went to law school, right? well, you, that option may be gone from you. So there are big things and there are small things. The small things is, right, whether you listen to me this morning or you listen to your teachers this afternoon will affect the rest of your life. In Ra'at Vim Harvest, some things have major effects, some things have, have minor effects. In Latayv, for the good or for the really good, which means some things are not for that good. But it won't affect you. Who you are, the level you are, that will affect your children. <laughs> what you do in your life one day is going to affect what your children are. It will have a trickle effect till the end of time. You create your reality. How you choose, whether you make, whether it's how you make a bracha, whether you daven, and certainly the big decisions in your life, it's going to affect all of your surroundings. The Amal calls the right to affect all of your, your future children's surroundings, all your future generations. You, we are being affected by decisions that our ancestors made a thousand years ago. Right? Which is why how Zichos Ovas comes into it, which we don't have time to discuss today. Atsayf called Iris. Bikhtsara, you have to know, in short, all of our choices have an effect. Everything that's surrounded, Akula Machrai, and we're responsible. Right? We're responsible. You know, I, this year in Parsparatius, I said, I said over in the Shoal, and I'm a Chad, the story says, Parsparatius, it says, Na'as Adam, let us make man. So, uh, it says, the Baal Shem says, what do you mean let us make man? That Hashem gets, says to us, we together make who we are. We're responsible for ourselves, we're responsible for the world around us. Right? We have a total responsibility. Our decisions make who we will be in this world, will make our children, our grandchildren. If somebody in this room does an act, it will affect everyone else in this room. We're responsible. What free will says is responsibility. That's why the Raman brings free will and Hilchas Chuva. Because our, it, it, we have free will makes responsible, that's where there's reward and punishment. Every single person, each one of us, with every choice you make, you should be flabbergasted when you really think about this. When you really think, you know, one of the things that's a challenge for us to do is to think, really to, to digest. Most of us, right, we enjoy not thinking. You know, we like talking to our friends, listening to music, you know, doing some kinds of, uh, you know, uh, social media, or, you know, reading. But when you really think, when you really would think that every decision we, we do, Right, has eternal effects. Right, will 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 we'll ripple to the end of time to our children, to our grandchildren, the people around us. How great is the reward of choosing correctly? 
How great is it being to choose correctly in this world? What life? It's eternal life. How serious, how responsible we have to be for choosing correctly. How powerful is choice. As Hashem tells us, we have a choice of life and death, eternal life and death. Right? And it's not only the big choices, it's the small choices right, that we make everything. I, I apologize, I didn't get to do everything here. And all, all very good questions, maybe a different time. But I'll take any last questions, and then I literally have to run out. Anything, anything that's still bothering, tickling? Yes. Isn't that one of the questions here? Yeah. So very, so very, so so very, very briefly, that's not true. Every opportunity, every challenge has an opportunity for you. You can take that opportunity or not. Your free will is to make to take that situation and utilize it. And by the way, that opportunity could be sickness. God forbid, it could be that by being sick, you could become a greater person. Right? And how you'll react to it. It just means that there's nothing that's given by God that's not for your best. Whether it's a pleasurable or not. We say in the new year, it should be shantovah matuka, it should be good and sweet. It's always good. <laughs> you want it to be sweet. But the good means it's good for you if you utilize it correctly. You can choose incorrectly. You have free will to do it. Right? You can have a situation which you could be, t- you take and become a wonderful eternally or not take it. And not, it's not true we say everything's for the best, it means every situation is for your best if you choose correctly. If you choose incorrectly, it's certainly not for your best. Right? If it's certainly not for your best. Okay? Anything else? That's it. I want you to give a bracha. You should be successful the rest of the year. You should have a talk in your studies. You should choose correctly, and Hashem should lead you all on the right path. Really, thank you very much for inviting me today. Thank you.